Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Colorado Rugby. I'm Henry Chisholm, and we've got one more quick podcast today. Um, this one, we're just going to be talking about the new hires uh, because Carl Durrell just talked about the new hires. Uh, and we talked for how long were we on that call? That was about 40 minutes. I've got about 40 minutes of stuff to catch up on. It's not going to take that long. Um, but this does seem like it's probably the last time we're going to hear from Carl until maybe the start of spring camp. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, I was was starting to remember. Um, Here's the thought process I just went through. I was like, I've never covered a a spring camp for Colorado. And I was like, well, that can't be true. I've been doing this for a year and a half now. And so I thought back and I was like, well, last year I was, and I was like, oh yeah, the pandemic. It's been a whole year of that now. Um, So actually I can't tell you if there's going to be like a before camp, press conference or if it's going to be like after the first day we'll hear from him um because i haven't been here long enough to know about that well actually i have been here long enough it's just that the crazy circumstances you know what happened um so yeah the point is it's probably going to be a little over a month i would guess before we hear from carl again um so hopefully this next 20 or 30 minutes or whatever this podcast winds up being uh, will hold you over until then. Uh, before we talk about what Carl had to say, I do need to give a quick shout out to our friends at Colorado Rugby. So what's going on is the Colorado Raptors, the professional rugby team, are no more. Instead, down at Infinity Park in Glendale, uh, they have the uh, Rugby Town National Training Center, which is where the USA Eagles men's and women's 15s teams are training uh, those are the those are your national teams if you're an american like uh, i can't remember what the percentage is it's i think it's over 90 percent of listeners are american so uh odds are that is you this is your national team that's training da- right down the road you can follow along with all the cool things they're doing like bringing in pro football players to teach them rugby and see if they can make the team um over at the DMVR Rugby Podcast, there's written content at thedmvr.com. There's uh, all sorts of different ways that you can follow along. Just make sure that you're doing it um, because there's cool stuff happening. All right. Um, so, actually, I don't know that we've talked about signing day at all. No, we haven't. We haven't. Um, the reason, as you probably guessed, is that Colorado didn't sign anybody. I think two of the grad, or not grad transfers, just transfers, became official, I believe, on signing day. So technically there was something that happened, but no. Um, the Buffs didn't make any moves, and now 
we have an idea why. Um, basically, what Carl said was what we expected. Um, he said that he felt like they they were kind of done. <laughs> they, they'd put together their class. Uh, the early signing day in December, they felt like that was the 2021 recruiting class. There wasn't anything else that needed to be done. However, he did say that there were one or two guys they thought that they might have had a shot at. Um, and what we'd heard was that they probably didn't expect to get either of them. And that was earlier this week. Um, but the point is, those guys, Carl said, were basically like bonus bonuses. I think, where was the phrase? I wrote it down. Usually we do these in order. And that's actually what we're going to do. We're going to start at the top. Um the coaching hirings, coach hirings, um, two of them became official today when CU announced them. Uh, Brian Cook is the new tight ends coach. Mark Smith is the new linebackers coach. And now, officially, we are all settled in. That is the entire coaching staff in place. No more thinking about that. Um, so that's that feels pretty good to me. Um, Brian Cook, the tight ends coach, he was the director of quality control. He'd done that for two years. Mel brought him in. Um, Carl decided to keep him, and now he gets a, a, a little bit of a promotion. Um, a couple of things about Brian. Uh, some of what he said that was most interesting to me was that by being um, the director of quality control for the defense which was his position. Um, he now brings a whole bunch of defensive ideas to the offensive side of the ball. Um, he does have experience on the offensive side of the ball. He's worked all over. I'm pretty sure he at one point was a tight ends coach, but what Carl really liked uh, is that he thinks because he spent the last couple of years looking at the defensive side of the ball, when it comes time to game plan and all of the offensive coaches are in the meetings, he's going to have a little bit of a different perspective and a perspective that Carl thinks is going to be very valuable um, just because his brain has been wired differently recently. Um, he says that really those sorts of switches and, and also uh, I believe this applies to the linebackers coach Mark Smith as well even though they, they're changing up the positions that they're coaching a little bit, he, Carl says they've been around long enough um, and know enough football that it really isn't that big of a deal. It isn't something that he's concerned about. And more than anything, he just wanted guys who are good teachers. Uh, the biggest thing is how well they can communicate. Uh, they want them specifically to be able to communicate with the players, you know, what needs to be done, how are things, those sorts of stuff. Um but he said they have a broad knowledge base. They know their roles. It's not going to be a problem. Um, although he did say, you know, they're, they'll learn quick, quickly. You know, it's not going to be totally seamless. There are going to be some transitions. But as he said, smart guys, communicators, he's not worried. I'm not worried either. Although, you know, I do think that there was some value in having a Taylor Embry, who was somebody who, you know, as Brady Russell said, I've never seen anybody like him on the board. He points out things that nobody else sees, and that was compared to other tight ends coaches. You know, you do hope you don't lose too much of that. At the same time, you know, there's a reason that Taylor Embry's coaching in the NFL right now. Um, so, yeah. Moving along. Um, 
Oh, uh, talking about Mark Smith, the inside linebackers coach, um, he said that he knows a lot about defense. He's really smart with defenses, and that's a valuable piece to bring in. He was previously the defensive coordinator at Long Island University. Um, and he one of the things that Carl is kind of focused on is the back seven. Um, and the reason it took me so long to come up with that was because the note said, understand role and how clever she's work. Somehow back seven got, you know, I'm typing fast, got autocorrected. What I meant to say was something about the back seven. And um, what he said was all of the coaches from the secondary to the linebackers need to be on the same page and need to understand what everybody's responsibility is because all those pieces really do work together in coverage. Um, and Carl brought in Mark and talked about the importance of that. So I think it's safe to say that he sees Mark as somebody who should help with that. Um, he also pointed out that he started his career with Chris Wilson, I believe at Oklahoma. Um, uh, in terms of uh, Carl was asked about Brian's ability to recruit and what he said was, well, for Taylor Embry, it was definitely a strength for him to be so youthful. Um, his personality worked really well, and also he got a lot better at recruiting during his time at Colorado. Um, for Brian, he said that Brian is also very engaging. He may not be young, but he is still a very engaging, very impersonable type of person. Um, and that that adaptation to recruiting to Colorado, um, and for Brian, I guess, to be i'm not i'm not sure he probably has done all that much recruiting at all especially in his position as the quality control coach for the defense or director i think for the defense um something to pay attention to but again as carl said they'll adapt quickly because they're smart came up a couple times um he was asked whether he feels like he's finally having more of an imprint on this program, bringing in some players from the transfer portal, bringing in more of his own coaches. And he said, yeah, definitely. I feel like there's more imprint now. There's more of my pieces in place. Um, they're the coaches we brought in. They're mentors. They're strong communicators. Those are the guys I want to be here. And, you know, he does feel like he has his guys in the program now. Um, he was asked about the transfer portal and said, we got some key players from the transfer portal. They will impact our play this year. They're the type of player we need. They fit in our program. And then he spoke a lot about just how deeply they vet those players. And that's something we've heard from him before when talking about recruiting, um, how they reach out to everybody, to the lunch lady at the high school to see what this kid's like. Uh, well, after hearing again, I think that this is another... Another detail to keep in your brain as we go through the Carl Durrell era to know that they are putting that much emphasis into the background checks and those sorts of things. Um, and he talked about why a little bit too, um, saying that we know what type of player we want and, and we want these guys to fit in um, and this is just who we are. And if you're one of us, then you can join us. Um, uh, he talked about how the transfer portal really does have some similarity just to free agency. And then he talked about 
a, a meeting that he had with the rest of the Pac-12 coaches earlier this week when they talked about the portal and talked about the scholarships. And that's something I asked him about um, because it is kind of a tough time to be a coach because you have this year didn't count for eligibility. Everybody comes back next year with the same eligibility. Um, but they're going to need to be likely under the 85 scholarship limit again in 2022. So 2021, there's just no limit. You do what you want, but you do need to be back under that 85 or at that 85 number um, in 2022 is our guess. Um, and that's what Carl said was that's how we're operating. Like we need to be back to normal. We're probably going to be over the 85 this fall. But the way we see it, we are operating as if we need to be back to 85 the next year. Would that have something to do with a little bit smaller signing class? I think that that certainly would. Um, as it stands now, I think the Buffs have like 90 scholarships that they've um, given out for this year. Um, so if, if nothing changes, then obviously that'll be that. Um, and then you look at it, I think there's three seniors those three are, will have to be gone. Um, and then you wonder how many of those juniors want to leave, especially the guys who've been there for five years. Um, and there are some big names. There's 11 of those guys who've been in the program for five years and are still going to be juniors this year. Um, you lose two of them, then all of a sudden you're at that 85 number. But they haven't counted any of the freshmen that are going to be coming in. Um, so it's going to be a challenge. Um, that's how they're operating as of now, though. Um, I found what I was looking for earlier. I uh, said that those would have been bonus pieces. The 2021 class was completed in December. Um, and really the philosophy they took into the spring was, you know, we can probably go after a couple of those freshmen or we can go to the transfer portal and you just have to evaluate where you can find more value. And they said the values in the portal. And so they went to, to the portal. Um, makes sense to me. He did say, like, in a perfect world, it's it's all freshmen, um, no transfers, and it just makes everything so much easier, but that's just not the way the world works. People are going to leave. You're going to need to replace them, um, and, and you have to be able to get to 85 every year, and, and this is one of the things, and I forgot to finish that other tangent, but uh, this ties back. When he's on that call with all the coaches, what they talked about was, or one of the many things I'm sure they talked about, was how difficult it is to manage your roster now um, because really there are three things that can change the numbers and two of them are out of your control with the transfer portal and declaring for the draft. Um, and, and when you have such little control, it makes it much more difficult to get to that 85 number. Part of the reason it's so difficult is because there's the 25 scholarship limit for any given year um, to, to, to bring new players in. And the reason that's in place is because, well, obviously, if you hit 25, 25, 25, 25 every single year and everybody saves for four years, well, all of a sudden you're on 100 scholarships a year. That's too many. To be putting in more than that, you're really losing the balance of your program. But also, as Carl pointed out, because you don't want new coaches to just totally turn over a roster, to basically just kick guys off the team and say, I want my guys, we're going after 40, 50 freshmen this year. You know, you, you, you can't let that happen. At the same time, if you have uh, 10 guys go to the draft, you have 10 guys transfer, well, then all of a sudden you need to bring in 20 players just to fill out what you had before. Then you have the people who graduate and all that kind of stuff, and, and, and it can just get very difficult to fill those out, according to Carl. Uh, he made that point 
very clear, and I thought that that was interesting. Um, he was asked about Alex Fontenot, and he said, uh, Alex is full go. He's good. Um, he's going to be doing everything with, with us when we start fall camp in March. Um, he also said, you know, he's, he's an interesting guy. He's, he's sleek. He's discreet. You don't always know he's in the room, but he works hard, and there is no question that he missed playing, and he's pretty fired up to get to play again. Um, oh, asked about the Super Bowl. Uh, he said it's going to be a close game. Um, he thinks that people might be a little bit too high on the Chiefs right now. Um, it's going to be a close game. Um, he did say uh, he's somebody who's worked with Todd Bowles closely for a few years, I think in different places. Um, but he said, uh, if you give Todd Bowles time to prepare, prepare, he usually comes out pretty good. And that's what happens with the Super Bowl. You get two weeks to get ready. Um, that's part of the reason Tom Brady's so good, as much as I hate to give him any credit. Um, but yeah, um, he said it won't be a blowout. It's going to be a good game. I think that that's pretty much everything. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, wow, blanking on the name, uh, Jack Lamb. That's the name. Uh, the linebacker from Notre Dame. A couple of really quick thoughts. Um, and then we're going to get out of here. But before we do that, got to give a shout out to our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge, just incredible beers. And right now, they're offering more than just the beer. Uh, who's looking for a vanilla porter-themed meal? How about a dessert? Well, we've got both for you. Half-Baked Harvest has teamed up with Breck for Valentine's Day to give you guys the perfect Valentine's Day dinner. You've witnessed the famous RK special and many other mixtures via the tailgate. Now it's time for the professionals to take over and deliver a creamy brown butter mushroom chicken. Half-Baked Harvest uses Breck's Vanilla Porter in the cream sauce to add a richness when paired with the buttery mushrooms. You can then serve it over fettuccine pasta to complete an easy one-skillet dinner. But no meal is complete without a delicious dessert, so they really go in for the kill with a Vanilla Porter Molten Chocolate Cake. I'm sure your mouth is watering uncontrollably, so head to Breck's Twitter page or Insta and check out the link in their bio for those delicious recipes and more with Breck Brews and treat yourself to an incredible Valentine's Day dinner. You can also enter to win some great prizes from both Breck and Half-Baked Harvest when you hit that link, so check it out. Also, the 55th big game is this weekend. 55! A game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. So, to finish off the football season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players a no-brainer of an offer. To celebrate football's finale, DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. That's right, all it takes is for one touchdown to be scored Sunday night, and boom, your money is doubled. Sounds like a no-brainer. As if this game wasn't enough reason to party, with double the cash you'll be celebrating till next season. And don't forget about DraftKings Big Game Prediction Challenge with up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs. And instant prizes for everyone who enters the contest. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. That's promo code DMVR to get a shot at doubling your money during Sunday night season finale only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com prediction challenge DFS for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, uh... Back into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by Colorado Rugby. Um, 
real quick, I have some notes on Jack Lamb, the linebacker who is transferring to Colorado from uh, Notre Dame, and I believe he has three years of eligibility remaining. Um, might be two. Pretty sure it's three. Um, here's my note, and it is that um, I'm very happy that he's on the way. I don't necessarily think it's a lock that he's going to be a starter for the Buffs um, because, I mean, Notre Dame is a very good school, and the, the football program, obviously, so many very good football players. The truth is, he wasn't listed on the two deep. Um, that's not the end-all, be-all, but, you know, it's it's not like he's a superstar coming in. Now, he, he was rated as a four-star out of high school, and there's a lot of reason to be excited about the talent. 6'4", 230, that's a big guy for an inside linebacker. Um, and, you know, you look at the numbers... There isn't a whole lot there to tell you what you're getting. Um, he has been targeted twice in his career, hasn't given up a catch. I mean, so that's an opposing completion percentage of 0% when targeted. So, I mean, it's not it's not a bad stat by any means, but again, that's kind of what we're working with. I believe he played like 35 total snaps last year. Actually, it was 36 Um Let's see, one snap at left outside linebacker, um, 11 snaps at left inside linebacker, nine at right inside linebacker. I mean, he, he only had defensive snaps in three different games for Notre Dame this season. Um, played a lot of special teams, though, um, and that was kind of his role. Uh, I'm going to change this back to 2019, see if there's anything interesting there. No, um, he played more. He played 87 defensive snaps, um, plus more in on special teams. Actually played less special teams last year than this year. Um, last year he played more outside linebacker. Uh, 34 total snaps at outside linebacker, uh, 52 snaps at inside linebacker, one snap at free safety. Um, so... I think he actually took one snap in uh, the slot this year. So there's there's that too. Um, again, a good guy to have around. Carl's excited. Um, I think that there's a good chance that Jack Lamb is starting. It's going to be a competition though. Um, this He isn't, you know, somebody who's a proven commodity, a proven producer. Uh, he, he grades out solid though. You know, Pro Football Focus has him as... Uh, uh, this year, 74 defensive grade, 77 run defense, 80 tackling, 77 pass rush, 56 coverage. I mean, I don't know. He was targeted twice, didn't give up a catch. It's an opposing passer rating of 39.6. That doesn't, no penalties. Doesn't seem like that's a 56 cover rating. I don't know, though. Um, That's what you got. Small sample size, decent numbers. Um, I can tell you he has two career um, quarterback pressures in looks like 32 total snaps there. It's not not great. Um, two missed tackles. Both were in 2019. None this year. He has 10 total tackles in that time. So, yeah, that's, that's what you're looking at. Um, a good, solid piece who, if he takes a step, 
can be a, a very important... Actually, no, he doesn't even need to take a step to be an important player. Um, he does need to win the uh, linebacker competition to take over Akil Jones' starting spot. Um, uh, to me, he would be the favorite to do so. And if he does that, then he will be an important player for Colorado. Um, to be a game-changing player, he will need to take a step. Um, so yeah, that's where we stand. An exciting addition, but not somebody who you look at and say, that's an all Pac-12 player right there, you know? Um, and that's just fine. Uh, the Buffs are in a better spot than before they grab Jack Lamb, and we'll see how everything shakes out. That's going to do it for today. Um, I will be back with Ryan and Ben and maybe Dev tomorrow for the DMVR Buffs postgame show after the Buffs take on Arizona. Uh, big game. Hopefully you guys will tune in to the postgame show because I think it might be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, see you guys tomorrow. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holland get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. Might not sway. I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. Colorado swag, my Colorado
Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag.